The top teams decide to draw while the bottom teams decide to win. A bloody tasty FFA Cup draw. We discuss a potential new club, the Altona Drop Bears. And a bonkers round 16 preview. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 17 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 17 of the Semi-Pro Potty. That is episode 17. That is 11 plus 6 for all of you playing at home. Good night. Brilliant. This week I am joined by my mate, Branson Gibson. How are you? I'm doing very well, mate. Very well. I'll tell you what, I'm excited because we've got a bonkers <laughs> week of NPL football to talk about. I kind of want to do a super cut of all of like our intros and yeah. just see like we're always excited. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Slightly tired every now and then. Oh, very tired this morning. But, genu- but and also genuinely, what a week to talk about. Plenty of results, plenty of interesting results, yeah. surprise results, results across the board that impact the table. Oh, We're also out of like the normal other leagues in Europe. So like this, it's kind of, I feel a lot less exhausted by football at the mm. moment. There's less overload with it. So. Well, the NPL sort of like on its own at the moment, you know, all the other leagues are sort of done and it's really stepping up to the, stepping up to the plate here because it's fully loaded and it's looking pretty good. On the topic of looking pretty good, kit bag segment, my friend, what are you wearing this week? Because it's, it, I will say, spoiler alert, it features one of my new favorite shirt manufacturers, Airness, which I think was on one of the earlier podcasts. Yeah, it was. They made, uh, made one of the, uh, Fulham kits in the mid-2000s, and I think I said that Ernest also made, you know, the kits for a random African country. Couldn't remember what it was. I think I got it wrong, but I'm now wearing one of those Ernest kits from that random African country, which turns out to be the nation of Mali. So it is a yellow kit, but it has a fantastic eagle on the front, and the eagle sort of meshes in nicely with the flag of Mali, and it sort of... Fits the bill for everything brand likes. Good looking kit from Africa, which I like. Uh, an obscure country, and it's semi what flag related. I it, mean, it is such a good kit. I like it's, it's a full. It's like if you think of like a middle band of of the jersey, it's taken up by a full eagle. It's so good. It's good. Cool. Cool. I, I don't know who's on the back. Silo, who is probably my top ten favorite Mali footballers. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, yeah. I, I can't remember the names of the other nine that make up or comprise of that top ten, but, you know. Number eight, good number. Yeah, good, good number. number. Actually. What? Whoa! Shit, mate. Did you almost slip over just there? Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, Branson. What are you wearing, mate? Tell me what you're wearing. So, I'm also wearing a jersey with number eight on the back yes, of it. Yes, you are. Uh, I am wearing my Liverpool Steven Gerrard kit. Yeah, um, So, I... There's been a great... A great kit cull in my family over the last year where Dad accidentally gave away all of my favourite jerseys. And I say accidentally, I definitely think there was intent and he's a snake and he knows it. <laughs> he knows what he's done. Um, this one survived. This one survived. Um, and last year I wore my yellow retro crown paints jersey that I've had on the show a couple of times and we lost. And there was a little bit of, like, a little bit of a... No, I wouldn't have worn it again. Yeah, I was not going to wear it again, so I went for the other one kit, the sole kit that I have remaining, which is heartbreaking, um, which is the red Gerard kit from, I think it's 07 or 08. Well, it's not bad. I mean, as far as Liverpool goes, it's sort of, uh, I don't know how Still you describe it. Still in the Adidas era with like, the Carlsberg... Yeah, modern vintage? Is that... a uh, Modern classic? Is that what you, you'd all yeah. like? Not vintage, but it's sort of like... I think, give it 10 years, this will look... Better, yes. you know what I mean. It's like a fine wine. Yep, yep. Um, mean... And obviously, in celebration of the sixth European Champions League final that we've had, so very happy mm. with that. Um, it, I will be honest; it's a pretty classy kit. Hard, hard to go wrong. So I no, will, uh, a... I will, I will give you that. And well done for not slipping over at any stage during that, <laughs> during, <laughs> during that discussion. But unlike mate, how Fulham slipped over nah, all season. No, nah, nah, well, I, I don't know if we did slip over. I think we just never 
We stood, never up. stood up. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. You know when like a baby, uh, like a baby deer gets born and it's foal, and it's yeah. just like fucking falling all over. Its legs yeah. don't quite work yet. Yeah, that was pretty. Pretty um, cool. Do you know what? That's probably a fairly accurate metaphor. I'll pay that. I wish it was a metaphor that somewhere segued into this round's games because let's jump into it. I'm going to kick off first with what was an absolute oh. stonker of a result. Huge. Dandenong City three, South Melbourne nil. Which, in the context of the season, is obviously Dandy City a bit very much down the bottom. South Melbourne, miraculously, the last month just got insane what? form and started beating the big boys. <laughs> yeah, well, it's sort of well. Anyway, tell me about the game first. Oh, look, it was um, it was actually really interesting. Um, look, it was a brace from Santa that really sort of did it. So uh, there was one big talking point from it, though. You know, there were some good goals, but the biggest talking point was an absolutely horrific injury to Adrian Leyer in what his first or second game, second game, I think second it is. game, yep. Um, He's running in one-on-one to the keeper. Constantinides is near him. And, like, it's, it's going to be a point of discussion. I've sort of found out some sort of comms on Twitter around it all. But, look, Constantinides puts a shove in the back of Leia and it essentially pushes him into the oncoming goalkeeper. And it's mm, really and not good. So, what I don't... Two, two things I don't understand is... You know, one, how is that not at least a yellow? Constantinides was already on yeah, the yellow. Exactly, yeah. So couldn't, couldn't believe that. Should have been off the park. Um, how is it not straight red, though? It's it's a fundamental yeah. straight red. It's so, yeah. it's it, you could argue last man if it's not just like, you know, a, yeah. a genuine professional foul. Um, at, at least, you would have thought at least a yellow. Yeah. At least, 100%. It's one of those sickening ones as well where, you know, it kind of made me feel... I remember it was Felipe Massa in the Formula 1 got hit by a coil. And yeah, he just but passes during, out during, the car. during a race, And that yeah. was really horrifying when I found out what it was. And that, I got that same feeling from this, actually, because there's so much pace on two players running to get a, against each other. Look, look Adrian Leia had 23 stitches. And that's a lot. He's lucky to get away with, like, serious long-term injury. There. Yeah. But... I mean, it's not very often that you downplay having to get 23 stitches, but, like, that's... And he was down for a while, and just sort of talking about the challenge. So, generally, I like to give players the benefit of the doubt. You know, whether it's having a sharp goalkeeper error, whatever, a a challenge. But with this one, I'll be honest, I'm sort of struggling. I mean, the the only thing that I could maybe say is that maybe he didn't intend... For Leia to get as badly hurt as he did, that yeah, maybe, maybe, but like with, with your Russian, actions, Russian your actions are very different to your intent. There, mm, yeah, but I mean, like with an oncoming player, he does nudge him. It's sort of hard to imagine anything else other than a collision yeah. happening from that. So, I mean, I try to be pretty forgiving, but Look, even even I'm sort of looking at that and going. I don't know, but that sort of detracted from what was otherwise a really good performance from Dandy City. Yeah, totally. Um, look, so from there, you know, the first half sort of um, progressed. Uh, the... Look, if you sort of take that game, could have been very different if there was a second yellow card. Um, but look, going on deep into injury time of the first half, um, Santa opens the scoring. A little bit of a scrappy goal, but it was a good one to poke home. Uh, then the second half, come back out. So, down on City, 1-0 up. Um, James Kelly scores an absolute peach of a goal. So, he sort of got a... There's a ball being played sort of back through the defence towards the keeper um, by South Melbourne. And James Kelly just keeps running at it, keeps chasing it down, which is something we've definitely seen from Dandenong City in the last sort of month or so. Is that just intent and that purpose of their play? Um, he pounces on a 50-50, wins the ball, and then curl, it's sort of like a chip-curled shot. Over the keeper, obscenely beautiful finish. It sort of comes in off the uh, off the crossbar, but it was so composed and showed a lot of strength and, and you know just ability to finish that goal. Uh, two minutes later, Santa gets a second with a very sexy little back heel ball cut across, just you know a little bit behind him. So he just does that sort of little back heel flick. I don't think the commentators picked up on it because they didn't really. Jump off their seats like I would have. Well, I didn't. I was watching this game live. I didn't notice it was a backhill until I watched the replays. Or what was it? The next day or two mm. days later? Because I mean, well, part of the problem with the live, you don't get replays. No. Like you just get one look, and you go, "I mean, that looked pretty, yeah. pretty good." But, but yeah, it was a really, really good finish. So look, I mean, if you want to see how impactful those players for Dan North City that have come in have been, and just the what? managerial changes and the the staff, you know, Sasha Ognanovsky is in the. On the bench for them, you know. And, and let's talk Dandy City up because 
when they made those... I've been doing it well, all I, year. Well, I, know, I know, but like when they made those staff changes, when they brought in these players, it's like, you know, is it going to help? I mean, it's only two weeks in, but they've got a draw away at Avondale. Tough point. They didn't concede a goal with you know, Avondale, the highest scoring team mm. in the league. That was really good. They looked super well organised. Then they beat South at home quite emphatically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the, the two great results. Yep. And that's really leapfrogged them. Well, not leapfrogged them. Sorry, because they haven't jumped anyone. But it's really sort of propelled them back into contention, right? It's so weird because it hasn't leapfrogged them. And we'll get on to the next game. But, you know, South Melbourne, they stay in eighth based off of the result of this. And that's fine. But Daniel City stay... In, I think it's 13th, but because everyone on that bottom keeps sort of winning, uh, apart from Daniel Thunder, but you know, we'll jump into that game next, which was Danny yep. Nong Thunder nil, Kingston City 2. Well, well, one last thing I want to go, just oh, going back why? to South, sorry, I'm going to burn that beautiful segue, and it was beautiful. Just talking about South, this is absolutely sort of classic South this year, so you know, they had three great wins against Bentley, Heidelberg, and Altona, and we're sort of sitting here, we're going, here they come. You know, I'm awesome. so salty that you're oh. using this point to burn what was a genuinely excellent segue. No. <laughs> well, I thought I had an actually genuinely insightful topic. No. To- apparently. Well, anyway, no. So three great wins, and then the two losses on either side of those wins have been to the Oakley Cannons, who at the time were in the relegation zone, and Dandy City. So, like, at a time when we thought that they would be, you know, like three awesome wins, it's like, all right, here they go, push them for the finals, and they back it up. Albeit a new look and a changed Dandy City team, you but a, a Dandy City team that they should have won. I wanted to talk about South Melbourne, mate. We, we, I, I think we needed to Seg, segue me in. Throw it to me. What you do you got? could have spoken about how South Melbourne have just signed nine Labrador puppies as attacking yep. forwards, and that would not have. They did make a couple of signings: Peter Scapides, Keenan Gibson. Yes. Anyway, how about, because now we can't do a segue, you talk about Daniel Thunder Neil, Kingston City 2, my friend. I will talk about it because what a win for Kingston. And I tell you what, like, man, this was an important match. It was like a must-win game for both teams. You know, Kingston, who are they going to beat? Dandy Thunder have been losing to pretty much everyone. So if they're not, <laughs> go- so if they're not going to beat bottom place Kingston again, who, who are they? Who are they going to beat? Uh, Kingston in the end came away with a crucial three points after you know a two nil, two nil victory. There wasn't a lot to talk about in the first half. It really did seem like a game between two of the sides languishing down the bottom end of the table. I think the fir- uh, there was a chance in like the third minute off like a terrible turnover, and you're like, oh, here we go. This yeah. is the, this is going to be the general. That's the tone the, of the yeah. game. <laughs> to be fair, it was a little bit better than that, but uh, not a whole lot better. The second half did have a lot more action, though. Uh, Kingston found the back of the net twice. I think thanks to Moab's red. And Damien Iaconis. Don't ask me to say his word again. I don't think I got it's, that quite right. It's Iaconis. That's actually is it, probably one of Is it Iaconis? Okay, cool. Thank you for correcting <laughs> me. I'm not very good at this. Anyway, moving on. So, the result, I mean, I reckon it really stings for the Thunder. Even more so because before Kingston scored their first goal to take the lead, the Thunder had two, like, guilt-edged mm. chances. There was, like, a couple of... They had a shot, and then after... Uh, sorry, a shot from a super dangerous position in the box, and then after that, there was, like, a goal-line scramble. And I think it was, like, a shot was saved or cleared off the line, then it hit the post, and then, you know, it doesn't go in. Kingston City go down the other end and score. Uh, but pretty much it really wasn't to be for the Thunder, but... A huge win for Kingston. Huge, huge, yeah. huge win. Away from home as well. The result, I mean, looking at Dandy, it keeps them in the relegation zone. Yep. And they now have the unfortunate uh, double whammy of having the league's worst offensive record and the league's worst goal difference. Yeah. So, you know, as the season goes on, that's not going to do them a whole lot of favours. Their goal difference is minus 17. For reference, the two teams above them, Paco and Oakley's, Paco's is minus eight, mm. and Oakley's is minus four. Yeah. So they are worlds behind in the, terms of that. Uh, but focusing on the positives, the win for Kingston, it brings them within climbing off the bottom of the table. There's pulses of light from that club oh. at times. Like if you take inconsistency out of it, out of the equation, which you kind of can't do, but you know, if you humour me and take inconsistency out of it. Yeah. There are moments where you're like, oh, they kind of 
jolt jolting themselves a bit, but yep. yeah, it's uh, given the sort of teams around them. You know, Daniel City probably in the best form out of that bottom three, and Daniel Thunder are in the worst worst form. Oh, for sure. And like, I think it was a few weeks. I think I put a line through Kingston. I think I said, "Nah, they're done. They're going down. They're they're not showing me anything." Yeah. And and now you know, like this is a result. I mean, they're within touching distance. They're four points behind in the relegation zone, so that's still quarter. Still a gap, but yeah. it's it's a lot less considerable than the seven points that they were before. And they, you know, I think we, we've talked about it before, but it's crucial to trend upwards. And uh, where they did finish strong last year, oh, that was a big thing. Well, absolutely. I think last year, uh, at the halfway point of the season, they were in the relegation zone, and then they ended up finishing seventh. Yeah. So, like, I think they won five of their last six games. They beat Heidelberg. They drew with Bentley, but they just sort of smashed it. Yeah. And so, I mean, they put off a great doing Maybe they're doing a reverse Avondale. Yeah, well, Avondale have had a bit of a tricky run of form, mate. They have, and that tricky run of form continued on Saturday night, Branson. Port Melbourne won, Avondale won. Can I just say how impressed are you that I didn't ruin that superb segue? That was cracking, wasn't that was it? Great. And that was on the fly, too. Yeah, that was good. I'm really like happy with that. Four well points. Well, Do we just stop the podcast now, actually? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, the Port Melbourne game. Port Melbourne won, Avondale won. Avondale's winless streak continues. I mean, so they started off the season in, well, scintillating form, winning 12 of their first 13 games, including a couple of uh, FFA Cup games in there, but they are now winless in their last five. Yeepers. So, a difficult, difficult stretch continued away at JL Murphy, uh, Reserve. This one, though, it got off to an absolutely cracking start. James Riccoburne pulled out a lovely long-range strike, sort of a curling laser beam, split through a crowd of uh, Sharks defenders and went in off the post. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend taking a look, if nothing else, because the camera for the live stream is right behind it so you get the perfect oh, nice. so you get the perfect view of the shot an like almost it, professional um, camera angle yeah for yeah a, well you can sort of see how it just i think it's like three or four sharks defenders in there and it just goes in between them perfectly and deflects in off the post the one thing i will say though is because it's behind the goal it sort of doesn't fully show how it, it was a rocket but you know being behind it you don't quite get that depth of possession but anyway Great goal, and watching the game, because I was there, I thought that that would be the turning point for Avondale. You know, they've had a difficult month, but their key to their success earlier on in the year was sort of scoring early, scoring first, and then burying teams. So it's sort of like, all right, here they go. Port Melbourne, they've scored, I think it was in the third minute. Here they go. They're going to get another. They're going to roll away with this. They're going to get back on track. They're going to win. They're going to win the league. Uh, Didn't happen quite like that. The first half, super open. A lot of chances for both teams. Mm. A lot of great goalkeeping. Which is interesting because we normally see South Melbourne start pretty slow. But the South fact Melbourne that they, or Port Melbourne? Uh, Port Melbourne, that's yeah. the one. Thank you. No worries. Um, oh, God, that's a derby as what, well. What, yeah, we're just double-checking. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. Yeah, We see Port Melbourne start games normally pretty slow. So the fact that they've gone toe-to-toe with Avondale in that first half gives them a good base for that second half, which we do see them perform much better well, in. And, and, and a theme for Port Melbourne is they've been difficult to score against. So as soon as they gave up a goal in the third minute, I'm, I, I, as a fan, I was sort of thinking there, I'm like, all right, Avondale are going to run away with this, but... To Port Melbourne's credit, they they didn't. Avondale had a bunch of chances, but they really couldn't make the most of them. Like, I think that was more... The theme was more Avondale couldn't make the most of the chances. Meanwhile, when Port were attacking Chris Oldfield, the Avondale keeper made a whole bunch of spectacular saves. So Avondale weren't taking their chances. Yeah. Port Melbourne were denied by some brilliant goalkeeping. Uh, there were some great saves from Port's uh, Matt Symes too. I mean... Both keepers really did an outstanding job of keeping their keeping their teams in it. Uh, Port looked dangerous going into the last 15 minutes, which again has been a theme for Avondale, where late on they've had leads and they haven't been able to hang on to it. Uh, and Port deserved to get an equaliser. It was a bit of a scrappy goal, uh, scramble in the box, sort of squirted out to a Port player who was able to run onto it, put his laces through it, smash it home, old field no chance. Uh, but despite the lateness of the goal, Avondale did spring back into life. Yeah. They had two, oh, two really late chances. Germano had a brilliant free kick that was a spectacular save from Simes. 
clawed it out of the top corner. Boland had another chance. But in the end, one all draw. Solid point for Port. It's a solid point because they've got a derby coming up this weekend, don't they? Yeah, so, and I you think, know, a little bit of momentum into that's nice. And, and any team who gets a draw against Avondale, I think, would would be happy with that result. Yep. Again, against the league's, against the league's <laughs> top team, you know, that's that's a good result. doesn't do a whole lot for Port in terms of of the standings, but it just, you know, a point's better than none. But for Avondale, though, it's another tough result. Their lead at the top of the table is dwindling. You know, I think they're only three points clear now. They've been lucky that the teams around them have been dropping points. And speaking of a team around them that dropped points... We are on Segway Heaven we this are week. Heidelberg Green Gully, because Avondale lost Heidelberg. Could they take advantage and close the gap to what would have been one point? I like how we have very different styles in introducing games, but I feel like very important to mention the score for them before. Oh, so you like to create a teaser for well, it. Well, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're talking about this game. So I'll tee it up as much as I can yeah, for you. Nice. So did Heidelberg take advantage? It's a very good question. And we will get to it at the end because the score was Heidelberg 1, Green Gully 1. Mm. You know, two teams up the pointy end of the table, mm-hmm. draw against each other. You know, on paper you can go, yeah, look, that's probably a fair result. But, you know, 1-1 can be a pretty dour game, but don't let that sort of deceive you. This was actually a really sick game. It was two teams with a lot of attacking prowess going end-to-end, creating lots of chances. Um Look, I actually think Green Gully had the better of the first half. Um, there was an excellent chip from Nick Kalmar. It was a bit of play as well. So he gets into the box, um, pulls the keeper wide, and then sort of does a nice little turn, turns him, and then goes to sort of chip it over him into the goal. Um, did he score? No, he oh, didn't. Okay. And, so he... and so it, got, it, it agonisingly hit the crossbar. Like it was oh, really, yeah. really yeah, close. Yeah. But you know that was really composed, strong, beautiful play. Really impressed by that. Um, but then, you know, there was oh, Heidelberg. So, Green Gully did go ahead, but then Heidelberg equalised. And then the last 10 minutes was just bang, bang, bang. Team after team going at it. Um, it was really entertaining. I think over the balance of play, you know, there was a save penalty at the end. Um, you know, there were Heidelberg miss- missed yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't miss it was saved. Oh, it was yeah, a pretty, pretty dodgy penalty. We but, didn't convert it yet. Yeah. No, so, and there was like missed shots from both sides. So the last 10 minutes was really where it arced up, which is, you know, what we've seen from Heidelberg this year at home. They can get those performances and they can kind of go up that extra gear. They know how to do it at home. But they kind of didn't in this game. You know, if the penalty goes in, it's a different conversation and we're like, praise Heidelberg, well done, 10 points Gryffindor. But, you know, it's, it's a very interesting one because Green Gully were good, Heidelberg were good. The draw is probably a fair result, but that mm. penalty Heidelberg could have got a win. Heidelberg and Green Gully dropped down a spot, so they were second and fifth last week, and now they're in third and sixth, respectively. And that's, you know, is it a point lost? Is it two points lost for Heidelberg, or is it a good mm. point for Green Gully? That's the question I have for you, because I couldn't pick it from this game. No, I would... On the surface, I would probably say... One point gain for Green Gully, two points drop for Heidelberg. Simply yeah. because you'd look at that and you go, Green Gully playing Heidelberg away, taking a point, you'd be happy with it was that. A late pen, yeah. And Heidelberg, well, in particular Heidelberg, you know, with that penalty, that chance to win it at the end at mm-hmm. home against. I mean, it's but like hard, if that's Nick, my thought with that is because that's what I was thinking as well. My thought with that is if that Nick Kalmar goal from the first half goes in, then that changes the complexion of the game. Like, it that's, does. It's a really that was a really nice goal to to sort of go in if it did. Yeah, it does, and it's like it's 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 so weird. But like I don't know, when when you never get a better chance to score than a penalty, really. Mm. And so when you've got one, you you really should be converting. So if you're if you're Heidelberg, you know, again, I'm just sort of a bit of role playing here, but it's like you'd be imagining you're like, all right, we've survived this crossbar, we've survived the tie game, we've got a penalty, we've got an excellent chance to win it, and you don't. Yeah. And for Heidelberg, they've only won two of their last five. You know, so two wins, two draws, and a loss. So yeah. not 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 exactly the the worst run of form, better than Avondale, but. Yes. A missed opportunity for them to climb into second. Oh, sorry, not climb yeah. into second, but close that gap right at the top. And that's the thing that's really been helping Avondale out is the fact that Bentley have been dropping points and Heidelberg have been dropping yeah. points. Um, 
People who did not drop points, though, this week are Tona Magic 1, Melbourne Knights 2. Melbourne Knights are absolutely a new side yeah. after their managerial shake-up. Admittedly, it's only, what, like two weeks in, but... You well, know, they got a big cup win. Two, two, huge win. Two, yeah, sorry, two huge wins. Yes. Thank sorry, you for interrupting me there, Branson, to make a mistake. Very yeah, proud of you. Um, anyway, I'll jump back to the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, it was a pretty dreary first half. Um, so, you know, second half definitely made up for it. There was some really, really nice footwork. Actually, it was probably one of the best players of the game, Awad. Um, tucked a ball in to the back post, which was... Fired home by Mikulic. Um, that gave the Knights the lead, 1-0. Um, then, you know, the game sort of ticked along, everything, and then there was a really late equaliser for Altona, and you're sitting there and you're going, oh, God, they've stolen a point here, because, you know, Melbourne Knights looked good for most of the game, um, as good as Altona were. Um, but then, again, Awad, down the right-hand side, just delivered a sick ball in that Hamish Watson got on the end of. Um, and that was 2-1 to the Knights. And, look, a really sort of forgettable first half, dramatic second half, good football. Mm. I'm really enjoying watching Knights at the moment. Like, I know Dandy City seems to be my team of choice, but Knights are very much creeping up there, and I'm super looking forward to... Well, a bit of a second half resurgence, because they were sort of neck and neck with Avondale at the start. They were really well. They sort of dropped a few games in that kind of middle section and now they're starting to sort of climb back up and getting those good wins yeah. and good results against good teams The as well. lull that Avondale finds himself in now is the lull that Knights were in probably about six weeks ago, I reckon. Yeah. You know, six yep. to eight weeks ago. Yep. The one thing I will say about this game was it was absolutely confusing to try to find out what the actual final score was because I was at the Port <laughs> Melbourne game and on the Football 24 app, which is the best app for MPL scores, it said... Said one nil, and then of course Altona late equaliser. Then it said the Knights were up two one. You are crazy, you know how late was the equaliser? But then it said the full time result went back to one one. So it's like, oh, has the goal been has the goal been disallowed? Did they pull <laughs> they got out VAR? I don't know. Did they pull it out? They had no idea what happened. And then checked Twitter and saw that they had won. But a, a good there. Oh my goodness, sorry. A good result for the Knights, and as you said, that I mean they're trending upwards. They're yeah. looking good at the moment. So that win jumps them two spots from sixth to fourth. Yep. Um, Altona stay in seventh, so it doesn't hurt them too much. But you know, it's just like watch this space with Melbourne Knights at the moment. They've got that big um, OG derby in the FFA Cup coming up. I think. There's, oh yeah. There's a lot of you know when we went to the Avondale um, Melbourne Knights game. You know that were, was spicy enough. That was spicy, but you know they were like yelling at us uh, on the way out, which I absolutely loved. Which was yep. you know it's it's about pride, not not money. Yep. It's about well, passion, and, and they're showing passion on and off the pitch. And you it. and you could see how passionate their fans were for the Avondale game, which is sort of like a, a recent rivalry. So yeah. imagine what it's going to be like in the FFA Cup national stage spot Ooh. on the line. Spicy, spicy meter ball. Um, next game, Branson. Bentley 3, Pasco Vale 1. Is this a surprising result? No, not really. Not no, a super is. surprising result, this one. But, surprising... Oh, that was very loud. But, <laughs> I'll try that again. But, surprisingly, Paco did score first. And not only did they score first, they actually led for most of the game. Uh, so they opened the score sort of like midway through the first half, a bit against the run of play. You know, it was at Bentley as well. Paco have been... I don't know, we're talking about Danny Thunder being probably the most out-of-form team in the league. Paco would not be far away, not no. far behind. So, a bit of a surprise to see them trail. But, I mean, it would have been yet another huge result if Paco had been able to hang on in a week of bonkers results. But Bentley scored three goals in the last 25 minutes to snatch all three points. The first goal, though, did come from a bit of a goalkeeper howler which we always love. Divisively enjoy. Yes. <laughs> and so there was a like a low cross, hit hard across the box. The keeper, he sort of went down to block it and he got his body behind, did a good job to block it, but like should have held onto it, didn't. Bobbled it, the ball fell straight to a Bentley player on the one-yard line who just smashed it home. And whenever you make a blunder on your own... Goal line, line yeah, it's pretty hard to recover from that. Yeah, it's rare, but like for Paco, you just... Like that just sort of went in and you... I was watching and cringeworthy, I think, would be mm. the way to describe it. Like, you know, Packer being playing pretty well, holding on, Bentley stepping up, and that's how they equalised. It was sort of like, ah, and then it was all 
all downhill from there. I think Luke Galvis was the keeper who, who bowled it. There were no blunders to talk about in the other two goals. I think it was a penalty and then just a goal in the 88th minute. Uh, but the result is probably more important than what really happened in the game, to yeah. be honest. So Bentley jumped back into second, so back ahead of Heidelberg. Only three points behind Avondale. They've got five wins in their last six games. They are looking pretty good at running into the end of the season. Absolutely. Things are sort of uh, really, really seem to be and going they, away. They had a signing as well. I saw it on Twitter last night and I think I was too lazy to add it to the doc. Yeah, so I asked sorry, you to add it. <laughs> no, because I'd gone to bed and I saw it and I'm like, oh, we should mention this because it's actually, I've heard the name before and um, it's actually a pretty good signing. So is it Daniel, it's Daniel Steins from the Perth Glory youth team has signed yep. for Bentley. So, you know, that gives them a little bit of Squad depth, I think. Oh, yeah, and what, and what we might have to do next week is actually sort of take a look at all the transfers because there's been a lot of players moving about, you yeah. know, different teams. I know Mike Ochieng, your yeah. mate from Adelaide, has gone to Hume from Dandy City. City, yeah. obviously, the three high-profile players. Players going everywhere, so we'll sort of try to track that mm. during the week and report back. But there is one other game that we want to talk about. Oakley taking on Hume City. One all draw. In this one, I mean, a good point for Oakley, you'd say, yeah, against I, Hume. Yeah. I mean, a draw a draw's not a bad result. It actually, uh, Oakley actually started better, in my mind, but found themselves trailing after a penalty in the first half. I did like the way they came back, though, because, I mean, they looked better before the pen. They looked better after the pen. They were, were rewarded with an equaliser just after the break. And that was about it for the action. There are a few chances of both sides, but I mean, not a whole lot happening. Again, you know, Heidelberg Green Gully were talking is at one point gain, two points drop. Yeah. Uh, for Hume, they'd probably be a bit disappointed with a draw here, I reckon. Uh, they drop behind the Knights in the chasing pack, which isn't a huge deal. Because it's but, so tense there at the moment, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like the, the things that are sort of changing now are home finals, away finals, which. It's, it's, it's hard to tell how significant this result will be until the end of the year. I think it's sort of one of those ones where you'll look back at the end of the year and you go, oh, geez, if we'd you know finished two points higher, we would have had a home final we, or we would have finished second or we, whatever. So, mm-hmm. And then they'll look back on this and they go, oh, away at Oakley probably could have got a better result out of that. But for Oakley, they stay undefeated in their last five games, which is sort of a bit of a bit of a... Huge surprise considering that they took forever to win a game and were on the bottom of the league for, for so long. Uh, they moved more than a win away from the relegation zone, which is good. So they can now lose teams behind them, get a result, and they won't mm-hmm. drop back in. Uh, they're still eight points back from a final spot, but I mean, maybe. Genuinely, anything could happen. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's what we've sort of seen. You know, Avondale looked an absolute shoe in. Yeah, they were going to be unbeatable. Now they've had a real dip in form. Dandy City looked done and, done and dusted yeah, about Kingston, two months ago. And, yeah. and Oakley themselves looked yeah, dusted yeah. down the bottom as well. So. Yeah. Um, so look, you know, it, it's interesting times. Um, one interest. Are you putting it later in the piece about how condensed the league is? Yes. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> in, in that case, what we'll do is we'll jump off to the FA Cup because we had the draw Ooh. for round seven. Um, is it how many spots? In. Is it four spots? Four, four, four spots go into the FFA Cup draw. Correct. Um, I think that, I believe so. We're in round seven. So I think after this, it is on, into on, FFA onto, Cup. onto yep. the national stage, which yes. is a huge deal. Um, and there is some huge fixtures in it. So we'll rattle through them. Hume City versus Oakley Cannons. That's a very good one, considering we pretty much did just yeah. Well, they literally just played. Them. Yeah, they literally <laughs> just played. Um, Altona Magic versus Moreland Zebras. Uh, FC Bullying Lions versus St Albans. Now that's a really good one because that means that there is guaranteed to be an NPL Vic 2 team yep. in the FFA Cup this year, which Correct. is really exciting. Yep. Um, would love it if it's Bullying Lions because I think having a game at the Veneto would be great. We were yep. talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, great you know, venue. how you could venue. make... Um, I remember we went to one of their women's games and we were talking about how you could make the... Uh, sort of more state league clubs, more professional and more A league ish. And mm-hmm. I, I was like, this is a perfect venue for that. You could make this a really good venue for yep. it. So, looking forward to seeing a nice big crowd there. And then the elephant in the room. Yeah, well, speaking of big crowds, Melbourne Knights taking on South Melbourne. That's going to be huge. That Mark Paducah stand will oh. be packed. Oh, I oh, don't. 
I don't know. It doesn't get a whole lot better. I did see someone on Twitter. I think it was Joey Lynch. Or I, actually, I don't know who it was. Someone on Twitter said the winner of this should have to play the victory. Yes. In the next yeah, round. Yeah, it's yeah, like, rig it, rig it, do whatever. I can't, I can't remember who it was. Sorry if I've got it wrong. Um, but yeah, and like that would just be mad. This is going to be huge. It's not- and, and everything to play for as well. Because both of these teams, they're big clubs. They haven't had the best... Success League late, seasons, yeah, yeah, and and and, e, and even lately, you know, like the Knights haven't made the finals in the NPL since 2015. So the past few years have been they've been, you know, not not really at the top. South Melbourne aren't as good as they used to be, or back in the heyday. So this is going to be huge for one of these teams. The other thing I like is the fact that the FFA Cup draw has been pretty friendly. Last mm. week, you know, we got oh, sorry, last week, last round, we got a bunch of those top teams. Battling against each other, which gave chances to I think Bulleen played Northcote. Yeah, uh, you know, so like, you, and, and and even in this one, the two uh, two of the MPL one sides drew each other. So as you said, one of us are MPL two. One of them's going to go through. So that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, final bit of our sort of review section. Have a quick look at the WMPL. See how that's going. Obviously, we always touch in in the middle segment on. Yep. Our girls, Southern United, but um, round 15, done and dusted. Bran, how is it looking? Uh, looking pretty good. Uh, wins for all four of the top four this week. Calder, Boleyn, Alamein and South Melbourne all getting results. So mm-hmm. that's all all good news for them. Box Hill backed up their super impressive win against Calder last week with a less than impressive draw against uh, second from bottom senior NTC. So they've done a bit of a South Melbourne there. Beat a really good team and then get a poor result against a team that they probably should have beat. Yeah. Uh, but the silver lining for that one is it's bad news for our favourite team, Southern United. Uh, the draw moves them moves senior NTC seven points clear of Southern. Although, to be fair, Southern's goal, <laughs> Southern's goal difference is 79 goals worse off than senior NTC. So I'm willing to say that... Seven points. I mean, it's effectively eight points with yes. a seventy-nine goal different goal differential. Goal difference differential. Ooh, are you having a stroke? Can you smell burnt toast? No, I just don't know how you'd really say that. Seventy-nine goal deficits. 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 Yeah, on deficit. Uh, South, though, they got a win. Uh, they jump ahead of Heidelberg into fourth, but I mean, otherwise the ladder stays. Pretty much the same. Calder on top and Bulleen not too far behind with a game in hand. Mm, and not too far, not too far away from part two where we'll have a look at a broader gaze of the world of football. Ladies and gentlemen, join us back in a couple of moments as we finish up part one. Jump into part two on episode 17 of the Semi Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two. Two of the semi-pro potty, uh, where we take a look around the world. First and foremost, though, we always jump into this segment, That's So Semi-Professional, where we have a look at things that, you know, maybe happened on a more professional stage, but would have been right at home in the lower leagues of Australian football. Branson, do you want to kick us off with um, something semi-professional from your week? Well, I didn't see a whole lot that I thought was overly semi-professional, but the one that does stand out, we talked about it before, probably that challenge on Adrian Leia. Yeah. Just because it's like, I don't know, I mean, it was obviously bad, but it's like, I just don't think you would see that in a in a fully professional game. Pretty semi-professional challenge. You also challenge. wouldn't see someone not getting sent off for that, I feel. No, no, yeah, fair call. But like a very agricultural, industrial challenge, you know, very semi-professional in nature, I thought. But yes. you've got a couple of stonkers for, I, what, for what you saw that you thought was very semi-pro. Tell me about it. I think if we go back down memory lane and we talk about in the first episode, we're like, why, why are we getting into semi-professional football? football what do we want to get out of it and one of them was you know those those really like funny things like the lights going out or yep. like you know 18 minutes of injury time or something because you know the referee had to go to the toilet because he had like yeah. food poisoning or something Grim. yeah and we kind of saw a great one uh it was at bro was it it was a box hill uh joey lynch uh tweeted it and it was uh someone has a shot on target, ball goes obviously wide of the goal and cannons into someone's car window, shattering it. Yeah. And I just love it. Absolute classic. Um, 
we've sort of seen a few, a few, quite a few grounds have car parks behind the goals, near goals, just generally near the field, and just waiting. I just don't. I just don't think a soccer ball should fundamentally break a car window, but it has, and that's brilliant. It shouldn't. They're pretty heavy when you put a bit of pace on them. Yes, um, I I absolutely love that. And then one other thing that I really liked about it was there was a Stone Cold Steve Austin style bit of commentary in there. Yeah. Um, And I'm just any crossover of wrestling and semi-professional football has absolutely got votes up from mine. So. Joey Lynch, thanks for sharing that one. Absolutely loved it. I think another line in there as well was, I hope he has insurance, which you go, yes, good. Yes. Um, What else did you like? You saw something else? This is the most semi-professional thing. Um, Probably all heard about it. It was the African Champions Couple, whatever it's called. And essentially just, we think VAR has been farcical in the last two A-League Grand Finals, then this absolutely takes the cake. Uh, Essentially a goal was chalked off and then they went to go to VAR and VAR wasn't working so one of the teams just refused to play and then <sighs> they called off the game for like 60 minutes or something while the like president came on to sort of sort out the drama that was going on um, and then they eventually awarded it to the team that I think decided to play so <laughs> you know like it was chalked off as like a, a genuine like yes they've, they don't <laughs> want to compete this game anymore but one thing that I read about it that I found was really interesting was that so it was a two-legged tie, and they had VAR for the first leg. And they brought the hardware for the second leg, but intentionally didn't set it up. Because they oh. were like, we don't need it, or something. Right. And so, obviously, right. everyone on the sideline is going, go to VAR. And the referee's like, I can't. It doesn't <laughs> exist. And they're like, it's right yeah. there. So um, that, that is shades of the Newcastle victory grand final, where it's oh. like, it's... it's Oh yeah, we've got it set up, but it's down for the one minute that we oh. actually needed but an entire like, grand what, final. What I would have loved is if they just went, like, I'm sure that game was being streamed. Like, just go on someone's... We've done it at NPL games this year where we're like, oh, who scored that goal? Oh, yeah, and we'll just on. go on the YouTube stream and yeah. buffer back like 30 seconds. Go yeah. do that. Like, yeah. it's not ideal, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> it's just a bit of a classic, really. I it like is. it. Very semi-professional by nature. Excellent. Yeah, um... Return of one of my favourite segments, Branson. It is the $15 meal deal. Yes. Now, this is a bit of a surprise. So, for those who have listened before, the $15 meal challenge, we take 15 Well, we. Yes, we. Take $15. $15 to each game that we go to with the intention of trying to put together the best sort of combo meal deal package yeah. that we can. So, whatever that might be, $15 on... Food items, dessert items, drinks, beer, yeah. whatever it might be, fifteen bucks working. Now you've been doing a majority of the challenges. I would say all. Oh, yes, yeah. challenges. Yeah, probably. Uh, the reason why I haven't been doing them is I am vegan, so the NPL's vegan options available at their canteens are pretty no what's the word um <laughs> limited i would say limited limited I mean, you can get limited chip- to non-existent well limited to chips and potato cakes if you yeah. want anything other than that you're not getting a whole mm. lot but i was at the port melbourne game on the weekend and amazing news i thought i was on here i thought i was on i was at the game i could not believe my eyes when i looked into the canteen and on the Bain Marie in that, you know, uh, what is it like? They ride on the glass. Yeah, the yeah, paint yeah. texture. That's a terrible Why have a whiteboard when you can have just glass with. Yeah. So on, on the Bain Marie, I, my eyes lit up when I saw falafel and chips, and I was like, oh, just spectacular. Here we go. Falafel and chips. Don't know about that combo, but, you know. It's a bit weird. It is, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, well, I mean, whatever. You'd need some sauce with it. Yeah, yeah so it doesn't matter. I was like, falafel and chips, considering this was the first place that potentially had. A vegan option. I'm like, even if it's crap, I'll take it, you know? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, got in line, and then uh, I said I could not believe my eyes. Turns out I should not have believed my eyes, because upon getting to the front of the line, I actually saw that it did not say falafel and chips. It actually said flake and chips. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so, oh. so I mean, it is Port Melbourne, so... It, well, yeah, so in the end, I, I got two potato cakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as far as potato cakes go, they were pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, I like the Port Melbourne campaign. I, I mean, better better than some. They did. They were able to take card payment, which is always lovely. But 
as good as the potato cakes were, they couldn't quite fully satisf- satisfy the desire I had yeah. for falafel after thinking that, you know, my vegan friendly meal challenge would make its uh, make its debut and be up and running. So my hopes were high and then quite soon immediately shattered, which was a little bit disappointing. So Bran was relatively hungry that night. but I, It's still my goal and someday I'm going to jump, jump into the canteen of A Club Um and I will put a vegan option on there for you, mate. Thank you, mate. It's not hard to do a runny vegan burger. It's not. It's really not. It's not. You just have most of the ingredients of a non-vegan burger, except for the sauce All and for cheese. Waffles. You could just buy a microwave, to be honest. They're good enough, really. Yeah. Really. Anyway, yeah. we jump on to another segment. We're going Ooh. back to segment territory now. What a name. Um, Brand, talk us through this one. Well, so this one we sort of talked about earlier. Uh, we sort of ch- chopped and changed this one a bit. You know, great player names, great referee names, great team names. I think first episode we talked about a few team names that we didn't like, specifically Altona Magic. Put it in the bin. And FC Bulleen Lions, where we were just like, you know, that's a bit crap. But for, so for a bit of context, so during the week, though, I saw what was frankly a fascinating announcement for a new team name in American sports. The American sports have some absolute rippers, but it's a minor league baseball team, the Wisconsin Udder Tuggers. The Wisconsin Udder Tuggers. Oh, mate, it's beyond good. Like, that's crazy. So you had to... So I think it's a reference to, like, cows and milking, obviously. But, you know, there's some great names in American sports and around the world. Some of the other good ones that jump out, the Fighting Artichokes, <laughs> uh, Iron Pigs, Sun Devils. There's a team called the Chihuahuas, the Jumbo Shrimp. Jumbo Shrimp is sick. And What's the, their colour scheme? Uh, I think it's blue and pink and red. It's <laughs> fans, so good. It, it, it's very Southern United-esque, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Flying Squirrels, another great name. Squirrels. I, I have a sort of baseball team seem to the best of it because I like the Japanese baseball and there's uh, yep, one yep. of my favorite. They're like lower league at this. Oh no, they're not lower league. They're like they're a pretty well known one. But they're the Hokkaido Nip- Nippon Ham Fighters. Yeah, and like what even is a ham <laughs> fighter? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's just great. Oh, they won yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, so <laughs> the, result, the, the results of the quick Google gives us excellent. Uh, so anyway, so they, there's some examples of some great nicknames. So. Altona Magic and FC Balloon Lines, we reckon they need a rebranding. So with those sort of names in mind, what should Altona and Balloon be called, Will? What do you reckon? You got any ideas? I've got some really bad ones that I came up with last night. Yeah. I, the only one that I've really got... Oh, I'm laughing at my own joke already, but I like FC Balloon on me when you're not strong. <laughs> right, Okay. Like I, I, I feel, like, I feel like that would be a great uh, like trivia name or something. Like, yeah, if they had a trivia night. You know, yeah, that'd be good. But I think you know it's not hard to beat lions as a suffix. So you know, well, I'm I just mean, gonna... the problem that I have with you, with like you know the the lions is not very Australian. So why not something like you know the bullying emus? Emus? No, I don't know if there's a team in Australia called the emus, but you could jazz it up by going you know the bullying fighting emus. There's there's fighting artichokes. I'm sure emus fly. Mm. You know, that'd be pretty good. Bulleen ham-fighting emus. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> Jesus, it's not good, is it? Um, Altona... Or if they're, if they're really good, you know, the bulleen steamrollers. They just steamroll their opponents. Oh, yeah, quite like that. Mm. I mean, we're getting very heavy franchises. I quite I quite liked and it has no absolute affinity to Altona, which I'm pretty sure... Um, oh, are they, like, Italian? No, I don't, magic? I don't know. Anyway, I was like... I just like kind of Altona Pampelona bulls. Like, you pick a place in the world that is known for that animal, and you kind yep. of use that as the sort of almost adjective. And One thing I will point out is, isn't Pamplona in Spain? So yeah, if they're exactly. an Italian yeah. club, yeah, and they go after yeah. a Spanish thing. But anyway, yeah. well, I would have thought our tone of wizards would have been better than magic, perhaps, you know? Not even slightly. Oh, okay, good. Put that one in the bin. What about our tone of drop bears? Yeah, I like that a lot. Good. That's probably the pick of them. So I don't far. know if there's a lot of bush in our tone, but I mean, I'd take that, you know, sort of a mystical creature. Um, um, it would be good if they also brought across a lot of, like, um, British backpacking players and yeah, stuff like that. Like, you know, just really, like, confuse people. Yeah, buy into it, exactly. Um, um, Port Melbourne Sharks. Now, Sharks, let's be honest, is quite a cool... But it's been done. Yeah, quite a cool nickname. Sharks, cool animal, but could be cooler. Mm. Some examples, perhaps, you know, maybe the Port Melbourne Hammerheads. Good shark. That's a good, good shark. Good shark. There is another shark as well. It's called the Goblin Shark. 
and it's dead set like ancient. Even goblins would be quite like I think goblins is a like while we're going through this whole um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch revamp and stuff like that, I'd be oh that is a disgusting shark. <laughs> yeah, so it's a goblin Yuck. shark. It's a deep. Everyone jump on your phone. I mean, if you're driving, don't jump on your phone. But jump on your phone now and look up goblin sharks. They yeah, are see, disgusting. Well, Port Melbourne goblin sharks. That's an intimidating name. A very intimidating oh. deep sea creature. They got a funky nose and some funky teeth. Also, the Port Melbourne lemon sharks. Yeah, you know another type of shark. And Not that just, menacing, but well, sure. well, lemon zesty. You know, it gets in your eyes, stings stuff. Maybe. Okay, fair call. <laughs> um, its draws. Oh, what about if we're going on like lemons and stuff like that? Not that this, this is a really tenuous thing, but what about the Port Melbourne falafels? Yeah, good. But everyone would misread it and go, "Oh, the Port oh, Melbourne the flakes. flakes!" Oh, yeah, no, yeah, actually, maybe. falafel. Or another type of shark. Oh, is flake a type is of it? shark? Uh, you believe so? Anyway, oh, no, that's, we're well, sorry not getting into, anyway, this, so another, into these weeds. Another sort of tangent as well, though, is a lot of teams in general have animal themed nicknames. How so, much further can we go with this? This is well, really this impressive. Is what I mean. Well, what are some <laughs> animals that teams should be named after but aren't? So yeah. animals that just get the rough end of the stick and then just... I mean, when you think about it, there's an NBA team called the Pelicans, Brighton the Seagulls. Mm. I'd like a meerkat in there. Meerkat, yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Pasco Bay or meerkats? Yeah, well, well, I've got the uh, well, like someone like I don't know the rhinos, pretty intimidating animal. Maybe giraffes, not less intimidating, but quite cool. They whack each other with their necks. I don't know the hippos, hippos turtles, platypus, platypus Australian. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's the thing. If you want to play the tourist card, is it? We don't have like the koalas or something. Yeah, or the narwhal, the grizzly koalas. Narwhals are pretty cool as far as whales go. The they, narwhals. They, <laughs> they're those whales and they've got like a ginormous they literally look like unicorns mate they've got that giant horn again we are live googling this so Will can see now like, look at that it's a whale with a mm. horn no you're not it's impressed it's just lazy it just looks like an underwater animal carrying so, a broom so Will more impressed with the goblin shark less impressed with the narwhal yeah. or what about the one that I actually think would be very cool is a bush viper which is a badass sounding name and it's actually a real snake and again it looks Badass, so I don't like the word viper, it feels very American. Oh my god, they look sick! Exactly, I'm gonna pet one. So, oh, so they're spectacularly colored, they've got funky yeah, scales, they look like dragons. Yeah, other animals, I don't know. I mean, we've um, got, we got, we got magpies, crows, all that sort no, of stuff, no, but no, I re- really reckon that the magic and the lions could go for a bit of a rebrand. But one question, a bit more of a serious question, what do you think of nicknames in football? So, with with the A-League, you know, expansion teams, Western United, MacArthur mm. FC, are you more of a fan of football clubs that come in with that sort of, for example, the MLS, you know, Sporting Kansas City? Yeah, that or, sort of or, more traditional format yeah, of a football yeah, game, Mel- and then you come up with the nickname yeah, of... Melbourne like, Heart, Brisbane Raw, Perth Glory, or are you more of a fan of, you know, your... Adelaide United, so I'm, Melbourne yeah, so cities. I'm, what, what, I'm, what way do you lean towards? I'm way more of a fan of your traditional, like you know, the fact that there's no Dynamo club in Australia pisses me off to no end. You know, like Dynamo Adelaide City would be sick. Like I'd like that, but I'm also aware now that professional football is not for me. It's for families, and so that's where the franchise shit comes into it. You know, it doesn't. It's just like it's more brandy. You can get a mascot out of it. I'm like. You know, the only thing I like for mascots is that article that someone did years ago, which was mascots observing minute silences. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite articles of all time because it's just like you just see like a the the dinosaur from um, Arsenal, the Gunnosaurus, no. just like looking forlorn, holding a poppy. Um, and it's really, it's really quite funny. So, you know, that's the only thing that I like out of that whole franchise. My like, favorite mascot that I saw earlier this year was West Brom had like a boiler. Mascot. Oh yeah, I did like, see that. Like, that was a, sick. Like a, I don't know, like a, it's sort of like a giant fridge heater thing. I think that's mm. what a boiler. Or I think it's a heater, like hot yes. water or whatever. Um, but he's he's at. Well, I don't know if he observes a minute silence at any stage, but he's just sort of at the field, and it's a bit, uh, just a little bit weird. Yeah, the um, baggy bird that West Brom used to have has a great shot of it holding a massive poppy and looking down and being sad. And it's just funny because it's like an eight meter high animal that's like just well, not eight meters, eight foot. Um, Branson, oh my god, how much longer can we go with this genuinely ridiculous segment? Yeah, we're going to we move done? on that. Yeah, yeah did great. Southern United win, mate. Absolutely did not win 7 0 loss to Alamein. Um, but. Mm. 
previously when they played Alamein, they lost 13-0. So... Progress. We were at that game. Yeah. If only you could get points for progress. They would have many points for progress. To be in our ad- book. To in our league. No, but to be Maybe absolutely we do an honest. alternative league. Yeah. Good option. With um, our own table and everything. What did you like this week, mate? I like the Stone Cold commentary from Joey Lynch, of course. Um, sort of went through that one before. Um... Obviously, Liverpool winning the Champions League, that I did not know how much that lifted a weight off my shoulders, but I felt so relaxed and relieved, and uh, it was just enjoyable to, you know, stand around, have a night out, and have a, watch the early morning, yeah, yeah. early morning, but, you know, I was also grateful for Branson for coming out and watching what was probably his worst idea of football. It was a terrible game, and it was against... <laughs> You know, two teams that he has generally no affinity towards nah. and doesn't want Liverpool to win, but nah. still managed to stay out for it. So thanks nah. very much, well, I mate. I didn't really want either team to win. But anyway, you know, I was happy for you, Yes, mate. Happy for you. And so. the last one that I liked, I think, was just um, Award for the Knights. I really enjoyed watching him this week. I thought he played really, really good football and, you know, it was really exciting and showed a lot of endeavour and attacking promise. So, you know, that was sort of three things that jumped out at me. What about you, mate? Well, I like... How tight the ladder has become because it is absolutely chockers. It's been an mm. awesome season. Still, everything to play for. You know, the, the, the title, the finals, relegation, everything. Uh, we were having a look at the ladder. I think every team but one is within a win of the team above or below them on the ladder. Yeah, nice. So, and the one team that isn't is the Knights are four points behind Heidelberg. So they're still not far away. Exactly, exactly. But every team is within a win of jumping up and down. So it just it just sort of shows... You and know, we're seeing that whole league condensing where before it was probably the middle that was condensing. Yeah. And now the top teams are losing. So the top's coming down, but the bottom teams are winning. So the bottom's coming up. Yeah, so it's and really, really, really sandwiching yeah. it in there. And it's just, it's just great because... The other thing that I like is just how the league sort of keeps surprising us. You know, some some crazy results and the shape of the league just mm-hmm. keeps changing. You know, good wins for, for City and Kingston. Oakley we didn't really predict, so I really like that. But what I really, really like is the blockbuster round that's coming up next week. We have an absolute stonker. George is going to be working overtime for this round. Yes, do we want to wrap up this segment then and then jump into the preview? Absolutely. I thought that was a good segue yeah. for us to jump on Blockbuster Round. We will talk about it more after the break, pretty much. Excellent. Join us in a couple of seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three, the preview section of episode 17 of the Semi Pro Potty. The aforementioned Bonkers Round. Kicks off on Friday night with Melbourne Knights versus Heidelberg and Pasco Vale versus Dandenong City. On Saturday, we've got Green Gully taking on Bentley, Hume City taking on Altona, Dandenong Thunder versus Oakley and Kingston City facing off against Avondale. Then we have a scintillating derby south of the river on Sunday, South Melbourne versus Port Melbourne at the lakeside. Branson, match of the round, what are you feeling? I'll tell you what, man, it's hard to pick just one. Yeah, it's it's more the section is matches of the round. Yeah, so like, well, Knights Heidelberg is going to be big. You know, Knights in all sorts of good form. Heidelberg have been, you know, pretty good, but that's that's a top four, top four clash right there. Pasco Vale against Dandy City. We were talking about trends earlier. Paco trending down, Dandy City climbing up. I mean, I don't know who to pick out of that. And then Thunder vs Oakley. I don't know. Those are my three. Yeah, okay. I'm 100% going to put South Melbourne versus oh, Port course, Melbourne yeah. in there. I really want to get off to that on the lakes. I don't know what the weather's like. I always say this and I never check beforehand. But, you know, hopefully it's either sunny and nice or absolutely bucketing down with yeah. rain and it's horrendous and there's tackles going in left, right and centre and everything. Literally, um, literally every match is going to be good. I mean, oh. even Kingston City against Avondale, top against bottom. Yeah. You still look at that and you go... Have they are winless in their last five Kingston City, you know, can they hang up? I mean Might have a Friday night in dual screen it. Quite a bit. Watch those, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll yeah. be good. Although I don't think I can get out to nights on Friday, which is annoying. Anyway, um Southern United, they take on Calder uh Saturday at three PM. Um that's gonna be a very hard one. <laughs> that's top of the table versus very much bottom of the table. Yeah. So yeah. um probably just a <laughs> solid two 0 win to Southern United, I'd rather. Yeah, reckon. get around them, get around them. Um George, uh, how did he go last week? Well, so a question. So if your rabbit, your psychic predictor rabbit, makes a prediction but you don't record it, 
did it even happen? So How but, did you not record? Well, so you're gonna you're not gonna like it. So literally, literally filmed it right, but I was doing it on my own, and he, he made a prediction, but I hadn't hit <laughs> the record button. So the first thirty seconds of me filming him and him actually making a prediction, I didn't record. Tried it again, and he didn't make a pick. Fucking hell! So. <laughs> I just don't even have words for this at the moment. There's just a so, cacophony of it. This so, is this is the most semi-professional part of the podcast. Well, Brand's semi-professional trying to get his rabbit to do stuff. Yes. Uh, to be full disclosure, though, he did pick Kingston to beat Dandy Thunder, and they did do that. So I've really kind of burned it. So I don't know which game we want him to get this weekend. We'll find yeah. one of them. I will make sure I film it. I will make sure it goes up on our feeds. And our feeds, you can find on Twitter, Instagram. I think that's, that's about it, isn't it? Um, at SemiProPotty. I am at Chambershire. Branson is at Branson Gibson. Yes. At Branson Gibson on Twitter. Uh, look, we love talking with you guys. Thanks very much for joining us for episode 17 of the SemiPro Potty. And enjoy the football that you're going to this week. Let us know what games you're going to. And we'll hopefully see you there. Have a good one, guys.